Hello and welcome to DesignCast, a podcast where I interview a wide range of excellent guests in design and STEAM education to get their unique perspectives. My name is Jason Regan and I use my 20 plus years of experience as a design educator to dig deep into complex issues. This podcast has one simple mission, to create a community of people around the world that are interested in design and STEAM education. Each episode, I chat with guests from all corners of the design world, from classroom teachers to authors and even to educational consultants. We discuss a wide range of topics that we feel are relevant today. I do want to ask you that if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, or download from your favorite podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by listeners that might not find it otherwise. Also, it helps me to continually define the direction of future guests and episodes. Feel free to drop by my website, www.jasonreagan.ga, to leave me a comment or to sign up to be considered as a future guest on future episodes. Also, don't forget to stop by Anchor and leave me a voice clip that could even end up in an upcoming show. Thanks for listening. So let's get to it. Welcome to another exciting edition of DesignCast, and I am so pleased that you're here with me. And in this episode of DesignCast, I sit down with Mr. Ashton Simmons. He's an Australian and currently works as an MYP design teacher in Japan. He's a designer by trade, but Ashton later discovered he enjoyed teaching. Like so many of my guests, he started down one path and somewhere along the way switched over to teaching design. We talk about his school, students, and projects that he's working on. Two points of interest to look out for are the way he's trying out high-end 3D printers and the project that he's wanting to do with bicycles. So listen out for those. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast, please rate it, leave a comment, or review and subscribe. Also, please share this podcast with colleagues and others in your professional network that might enjoy hearing it. Finally, reach out to me on all the major platforms of social media if you have an episode idea or if you'd possibly like to appear as a guest. Now, time for my chat with Ashton. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of DesignCast, and I'm really lucky today to have Ashton Simmons with me here, and so I'm going to let him tell a little bit about his background and who he is so that you'll know who he is moving forward. So thanks for being here, Ashton. 
Oh yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have this chance to just to talk to another design teacher. Actually, it gets a, a bit lonely in my school. So so yeah, what's about me? I'm from Australia. I've been living in Japan for more than ten years. So I guess I'm a, a real I'm an expat. I'm married to a Japanese lady, and I've got two kids. So I'm probably going to be here for a while. Work at a scuba international school, which is a very small school outside of Tokyo, about 40 minutes outside of Tokyo. It's in the middle of a forest, which we've just recently purchased. So it's now our forest. It's not really a forest; it's just a, a large area of trees. But it's still it's still not the same as being in a, a school inside of Tokyo. And I've been working there for about two years now. I'm the first full-time design teacher that they've employed, and I've been responsible for making the the entire Curriculum from six to ten, which has been <laughs> quite a challenge, and it probably it's by no means it's not where I'd like it to be. So hopefully it'll get better next year. But yeah, I don't know. Well, that's awesome. I love hearing about how folks, you know, what their current situation is. But how did you get to where you are? What what got you into teaching and kind of even into what got you to Japan? Yeah, it's a long story. I was a design designer for about ten. It was always my dream to make computer games. I kind of had a go at that, and then. Then that sort of didn't pan out the way I wanted it to, and then I came to Japan because I was into Japanese stuff. Stayed here, got into teaching English, climbed up the ranks in that kind of thing. I was always lucky that I had a job where I had like a lot of freedom, so lots of room to design, even though I wasn't teaching design. And then I just sort of figured that I really liked teaching,、uh, and then I got my teacher's license. And then I was lucky enough to find a job in Japan doing design, which is exactly what I wanted. That's where I am now. So yeah, it was none of it was really planned, unfortunately. That tends to be、out. the the way of design teachers is that that's very rarely what they start out to be, and so it's that sounds about like what I hear from just about everybody is it was <laughs> not what you planned on it being. Yeah, well, that's good to hear at least. Yeah, I don't know. I really I think I got lucky with being in IB as well. I think that it seems to be very unique kind of situation in IB in NYP, I guess, where it's sort of it kind of bridges programming and design. Whereas, like if it was in Australia, it would be two different set, two different things. So I guess it requires unique skill set. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to know about other people's sort of how they how they negotiate that one. I don't know what it's like at your school, but we got a lot going on, and so we are at the point where we have six full time staff. So、oh. it's it's growing. Yeah, we have a pretty big school, but. But I think that it's really unique to the culture and the context of the school. And so, what's nice about design being so flexible is it allows you to put the unique school identity on what it is you're doing. So, if students are really into programming, that's what they can do, you know. And if what they're really into woodworking, that's what you can do. So. So tell me a little bit more about your school and your design program.、Uh, you mentioned that you've had to kind of build that from ground zero.、Uh, what、yeah. have you been doing to do that?、Uh, well, I was lucky enough that when I started my, I started the job, I got kind of, I got helped out by another another teacher in、uh, Nagoya, a guy called Dean, and Dean basically just shared with me all of his stuff, all of his curriculum, without the the clarif clarifications. That was a good starting point, and I went through all of his. Like notes and things, and sort of modified it based on what equipment that we had at the school, which was basically zero when I started a couple of years ago. So that was lucky. So I had that kind of. 
that helping hand to start off with a little bit. Yeah, I've been sort of fairly active in the Facebook group and in the WhatsApp group, just getting ideas and things. And then like, I think this year we, we got 3D printers this year. So that was sort of another learning experience for me. I've, I've always been pretty good at modeling, I think, but then transferring that into the 3D printing was a, a fun adventure, which is still going on. So yeah, the working through the MYP, like figuring out the tricks, it's just sort of been a learning experience. And also at my school, they said they wanted three units a year, which which I went along with the first year. But then I soon figured out that that, that was just going to be too much to do like in a good way. So I sort of negotiated down to two units a year and it's just A to, a to D both units and then maybe some other filler thing at the end if there's not enough uh, material. But, so yeah, just figuring out like what's actually possible was a challenge. I know exactly this position that you're talking about that you're in. So, and a lot of times when schools will say, we want this many units or whatever, they're, they're basing that on some other subject thinking, oh, this, this is very reasonable. So I find that I have to do a lot of educator education <laughs> to make sure that folks around me know, now, wait a minute, this is the, this is what's unique about this. And so, yeah, that sounds good. I'm glad you were able to negotiate that down because it's not fair to the students to rush through it either. And have you used a lot of your background as a designer to help create like content and things for your course? Yeah, well, I mean, the first year I was just trying to survive, basically. So I, I put a, a lot of units together, which were digital, you know, like graphic designing stuff. I'm into everything and I, I want to learn new things. And I, if I can, then why not? So I've done quite a bit of like units where I was learning the content as I was teaching it, which has been fun and quite stressful as well. But it's, it's a great way to learn like really quickly something when you have to sort of demonstrate it and appear to be knowledgeable <laughs> in it. So yeah, that's... I just sort of filled in in the blanks. I use my um, English teaching experience for that. So like in that job, you have to sort of wing it a lot. So I've got a lot of wing, winging it experience, I guess. I've got ideas from basically the technology. So the school wanted to, they wanted me to teach programming. That was what they had been doing in the past for the part-time teachers. So they'd been teaching quite hardcore computer science stuff. And they had this vision that just pure code was the way to go but I really don't think that's the right way from the beginning especially like there's all these wonderful products like you know microbit and the mindstorms robots and things like that that seems like a far better way to teach programming so I'm slowly going in that direction but the the budget's very limited so it's kind of tricky yeah you've sort of answered one of my questions which is about how mm. uh, how challenging it is to get resources and to get uh, materials you know you would think in Japan it might be easy to get a lot of technology type stuff but it comes down to finances and <laughs> the kind of budget that you have right yeah yeah I've been investigating there's a really nice Japanese robot company called Artec it's like art technology mashed together and they make these kind of I guess you'd say budget versions of Vex and Mindstorms it's, it's about a hundred dollars or you know about that for a, a basic kit so i've been investigating that one um, as a budget alternative but i guess my feeling is that i prefer just to get a couple of the higher end more robust kits i'm really not sure about that one so we started we're heading off in the 3d printer sort of area i've got three 3d printers at the moment they're small korean ones you may know the brands called moment which are really nice machines and this company that we bought the printers from they they lend me printers to test which is kind of nice so before they go to market they send the printers out to me and other people to test them in, in education it's just like education sort of environments so from time
time to time I get really big high-end printers to play with. I use the Flashforge Guider S2 about four four months ago, just before the quarantine happened. And I'm expecting to get a, uh, a dual dual head extruder printer in a couple of weeks' time, hopefully. So it's kind of I've got a base level of technology, and then sometimes I can borrow better stuff, which works works for us because it's a small school. But I guess for a bigger school, that you just need to buy the <laughs> buy the technology straight out. But, That's a great um, setup, man. Uh, how did you get yeah. involved with them letting you pilot stuff out? I think the the guy that runs the sales part of this 3D company is an ex-international school student from Kobe. So he's kind of, he's just trying to grow the business. I guess, you know, like word of mouth is the best kind of advertising really, isn't it? So in the small kind of design world, the people sort of just talk about what's good. So I've already given out the, the Flash Forge advert there and the, the moment one. So I think it's kind of, it's a win-win at the moment. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of lucky, I guess. Yeah, that sounds really great that you've you've got that connection. Maybe that's something folks who are listening can investigate in their own countries where they're at is to try to find smaller companies who are willing to work that out with them and let them borrow things for a certain amount of time. I think the only downside to that is it's hard to plan your units knowing when you're going to have a piece of equipment yeah, or not. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, hey, it is what it is. If you make a really open-ended, then maybe you can kind of see what you have, you know, when that comes around. And so that sounds yeah. cool, man. That sounds really cool. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Well, I've been working on just units for 3D printing, which could be done across the six to 10 kind of thing, sort of entry level, entry level stuff. I've been struggling with the 3D printing because it's hard to find things which are small enough that you can have, you can print them out a couple of times, you know, because the the value seems to be with the iteration, not just having one finished thing. And then, so if you multiply that by 20, which is pretty small class, still, I don't know how many days that would take to print all the stuff out. So I've been really struggling to find something which is small and interesting enough to actually make. I've, done, I've been doing a lot of research into that one. Hopefully I'll get something that's that's good soon. Well, let's hope that some of the listeners will be able to contact you and, and maybe give you some ideas or hear some more from you about yeah, that. Yeah. That sounds really cool. So just shifting gears a little bit there, Ashton, what are you mm-hmm. something you're really excited about at the moment? I know you're doing a lot of 3D printing stuff, but what's something that you really are fired up about? Just got on holidays. <laughs> that's something that I'm like, but uh, what I'm really keen on at the moment is I've got this idea is to get some old bicycles, hopefully donated from this, the government or somebody, and to have like a like a whole shed full of these old bicycles, like really just go back to having like hands hands on stuff. Because I think with you know with the COVID quarantine thing, it's just been like draining having too much digital. And it, the school's been back for two weeks. The last two weeks of school, we came back, so it looks like that may be possible in the next term. So yeah, my next plan is to get a whole bunch of old bicycles and have like just basic skills workshops with uh you know changing a tire and maintenance of a bicycle and and then just go from there like maybe build a build one of those crazy bicycles so because I'm, I'm into bicycles <laughs> i think we need to do that because it's too digital at the moment the kind of the not so bright students struggle with the programming and it seems like a really cheap way of getting resources <laughs> from my point of view but, that yeah. sounds like it's yeah. really fun i'm sure that 
anybody listening could actually pull that kind of thing off, mm. you know, where you're, it doesn't require a whole lot of technical skill necessarily, just a, some mechanical skills. I think that's a great idea. That's neat. I might even borrow that from you. Tell me one ed tech tool that you can't live without. I guess one tool that we've used this year has been Figma. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's it's for uh, UX design and it's multi-user programs. So students can all be in the same workspace at the same time, depending on your license, of course. The free one only works with two people, so make you groups with two. It's a way for to prototype apps or website. It's super simple and it's free and it's like very sort of now. It's like like a, I, I like having things which are like authentic so that like a, a real designer would be using it. Yeah, so Figma, that's one. And then a, a similar one to that would be Mural, which is a similar kind of idea, sort of multi-user infinite canvas thing, which is free. Free is good. I'm a big open source fan. If I could add one more, which may even be better, which is Blender. I'm a bit of a Blender fanatic, I guess. Those sound great. I've not heard of Figma before. I'm going to have to add that to my yeah. toolbox. You know, that yeah, sounds F, really good. Was it F for Friday, I, G, M for Mary, A. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. I wrote it down on the show notes, so I'll make sure that folks are able to read that. So Ashton, that's great, man. And I would love to maybe have an update with you in a, a year or so just to see kind of how things are going and, and that kind of thing. But if, if other teachers want to reach out and get in touch with you, how would they do that? Facebook, I guess, or uh, LinkedIn. I'm on the MYP Facebook group. So I pretty much post something once a week there. So if you just sort of direct message me on there, then you can contact me. Yeah. I don't have a website at the moment. I'm working on one over the, over the holidays, but kind of, yeah. So when this episode goes to air, it may be the beginning of next year. So hopefully we can have your links there in the show notes of your website or any other thing that you might have to get in touch with you. But well, yeah, Ashton, so listen, I really appreciate it, man. This is great. I want to hear about your bicycle thing and how that turns out. So you need to keep in touch with me to let me know how that goes. Thank Thank you so much for agreeing to be on here with me. And I'm sure that folks would love to get in touch with you. So be on the lookout. I'm sure you're going to get flooded with folks uh, on the WhatsApp group <laughs> or whatever, finding out more about these 3D printer loaners and all that kind of stuff. I think that's a, it's a really neat program you've got there. So thanks so much for being here with me. All right. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Jason. Thanks for having me. It's, it's good to sort of connect with people. I hope you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. I'm Jason, your host, and I produced and created this podcast. If you have any input, I would love to hear from you. And I look forward to seeing you again really soon.